Hi, I'm Josh Shearer and I serve as the lead pastor here at Gawley Uniting Church. I wanted to personally thank you for joining us today. We exist as a church to see lives transformed with the good news of Jesus. Now, I hope this service inspires you. I hope it blesses you. I hope it builds your faith and I hope it gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. If there is anything that we can do to help you, don't be afraid to reach out on social media or email our office. Thanks for joining us again and let's get to the service. Well, good morning, everyone. So great to see you here today for our first intergenerational service. If we haven't met before, my name is Caitlin, and I'm the Family Connections Worker here at Gawley Uniting Church. Well, you might have noticed that things are running a little bit differently today. So we are going to actually read a story. Um, This story is called Through the Roof. That's my daughter saying hello to me. (laughs) Hello. Um, We are going to read a story called Through the Roof today, and that is about um, a man who is paralyzed from the waist down, and so um, he couldn't move. He was stuck on his rug most of the day, but his friends had come along and helped him to go and see Jesus the day that he was in town again. So we're going to read this story. We're going to um, sing a couple more songs, and then we'll also do a talk about this story as well. So the cool thing about this story is I've actually got the pictures on the screen for you, so you don't have to come up close and see the story that I'm reading. All right, so this is the story through the roof, and it goes like this. Ah, home sweet home, said Jesus. Teaching and healing people is hard work. It's time to relax with a banana milkshake. He had just sat down when, knock, 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 someone was at the door. It was the next door neighbours. Hi, Jesus, welcome home. We'd like to know more about God. Can we ask you some questions? Sure, said Jesus, come on in. Would you like a cup of tea, an orange juice, or a banana milkshake? Jesus served the drinks, then started teaching. Knock, knock, knock. Someone was at the door. Hello, Jesus, we'd like to know more about God. Can we come in? Sure, said Jesus, join the party. Jesus served more drinks and kept on teaching. Knock, knock, knock. Good afternoon, sir. We are the Bible experts. May we please attend your Bible study? Of course, said Jesus. Make yourself at home. And Jesus kept on teaching. Meanwhile, in a house nearby lived a man who could not walk. Knock, knock, knock. Someone was at the door. It was his four fantastic friends. Jesus is home, yelled his friends. Yeehaw, woohoo, it's healing time. They grabbed the bed and flew out the door to Jesus' house. Yeehaw, woohoo, it's healing time. But when they got to Jesus' house, the place was packed with people. Carry me home, said the man who couldn't walk. I'll never get to Jesus. Ha, said the four fantastic friends. We don't give up that easily. To the roof. And they climbed. Through the roof and down they dug. Dig, 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 dig. Dig, dig, dig. Crash. And the four friends gently lowered the man to Jesus. Son, laughed Jesus. You have four fine, faithful friends. 
Your sins are forgiven. The Bible experts glared at Jesus. They were both thinking the same thing. How dare Jesus say that? Only God can forgive sins. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said, Okay, experts, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or get up, grab your bed and go home. Amazing, yelled the crowd. Yeehaw, woohoo, yelled the friends. We told you it was healing time. And the man leapt up, grabbed his bed and ran home. And that is the end of that story. So that was just a little something for the kids to try and understand what the sermon is going to be about today. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. Um, But I'm going to invite the band back up. We're going to sing a couple more songs and you'll hear from me again a little bit later. So this is actually my first time doing a sermon, so I am very nervous. Um, So I think it would be a good opportunity to um, just pray and give that over to God. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this opportunity that you have given me to be able to speak your word today at church. I pray that all the words that are written down are words that glorify you and words that, are, that I can say through you um, and that it all goes well today. Amen. So, have you ever felt like you just want to stay in bed all day? Yep, yep, me too. Maybe it is a really cold day outside and it's raining and the rain's coming down on your tin roof and it feels so nice and cosy. You're all wrapped up in your nice blanket and you can think of nothing better but to curl up in bed with a book and a hot chocolate and just stay there all day. But what if you had no choice but to stay in bed all day long? You couldn't do anything that you normally would do, like go to work or go to school or take a walk by the duck pond or go see some family and friends. You would have to rely on another person to help you with everything that seems normal to you right now. Doesn't sound so good, does it? We might have actually experienced a little bit of that in 2020 when COVID first hit. We were in a literal state lockdown for, I don't know, a week or something. So we were forced to stay at home. We were forced to stay in bed. And then there are those of us who don't have elite immune systems and we actually got COVID. And how debilitating that felt when you had COVID. You didn't want to leave the bed because you were so sick that staying in bed was the only thing you could do. Well, the man in the story that we just heard wasn't able to do anything that we consider normal without help. After having COVID, we could just pick ourselves back up again and keep going. But this man was confined to his bed and he had to rely on other people to help him. So the thought of Jesus coming back into town, the man who could perform miracles, was exciting. So let's go through the story again. But let's imagine this as if we are the paralysed man. So the paralysed man's man's friends have all come to his house to take him on a rug to see Jesus and to be healed. They've all heard about all the miracles that Jesus has performed and were certain that Jesus would heal his friend. 
Though I can't imagine that the journey was super smooth. Can you imagine four friends holding onto a rug? The man's probably fallen off a couple of times. I've had to pick him back up, put him back on the rug and keep going. The rug probably wasn't brand new, so there might be some tears in there. So the rug's starting to rip as they're getting down to Jesus' house. But then they get to Jesus' house, finally. But they're a crowd everywhere. They can't even see the front door. So what are they going to do now? But the friends go, oh, that's all right. We'll just go up to the roof. How? How are you going to get up onto the roof? Well, in those days, there was actually a ladder on the side of the house and the roof was flat. So it wasn't like impossible to get on the roof, but I can't imagine it was super smooth either. Maybe they'd have to put him on someone's shoulders and then climb up. What if he'd slipped down, they had to pick him back up again, get on the roof. But they did it. They got on the roof. But Jesus isn't on the roof. He's inside the house. So what are we going to do now? Oh, okay, we'll just dig through the roof. Normal. Okay, let's do that. So they're digging and they're digging and they're digging and they finally have enough space in the roof to lower the man. But if you think about your roof at home, can you really gently lower someone down onto the floor? No, probably not. So they've probably got him through the hole. They're like, okay, what are we going to do now? What's the worst we can do? Break his legs? Blonk. Drop him on the floor, right in front of Jesus' feet. And Jesus looks at the man and he smiles and he says, your sins are forgiven. What? I came here to be healed, Jesus. Thanks for that. Thanks for forgiving my sins. But my legs, hello. Well, the Bible says in Mark 2, verse 6 to 7, Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? In these times, forgiving someone's sins was like claiming that you were God. Only God could forgive sins, and anyone claiming to be like God was punished to death by stoning. So already, Jesus has done something impossible to man. And that goes on to say, Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? What is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. So Jesus has now performed two things impossible to man. He had forgiven a man's sins, and he healed him, all in the space of three minutes. Little did the paralyzed man know that day that Jesus was going to do the impossible for him not once, but twice. This man has gone out to seek Jesus for a purpose. He wanted to be healed from his disability. He thought he knew exactly what he needed from Jesus, but Jesus surprised him by giving him what he thought he needed and what Jesus knew he needed, which was forgiveness. In the same way, Jesus knew what the teachers were thinking. Who does this man think he is, blaspheming, saying things that only God himself can say? He knew that these teachers need to be shown that Jesus has had authority from God to forgive people for their sins and to heal those who needed it. 
both equally impossible to man and equally easy to God. The forgiveness of the paralyzed man's sins was not just for the man, but Jesus knew that everyone who was visiting him that day needed to see him forgive the man to show that he had authority from God. And I think we've all been in a similar position to the paralyzed man. We often think we know what we need from God, and we might even pray about what we think we might need, and then we get frustrated when we don't receive exactly what we've prayed for. In those moments, it's really easy to be frustrated with God and wonder if he's really there or does he really care about me? Or we could be thinking, am I praying hard enough? God hears us and he knows exactly what we need in these moments, but it might not be what we think we need. God promises to give us exactly what we need physically, emotionally and spiritually. The Bible tells us this in Philippians 4.19. It says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. As human beings, the biggest thing that we need from God is forgiveness. And I don't know about you, but that is actually a really hard pill to swallow. We live in a world where we think we know exactly what we need. I would feel better if I had a partner. I would feel better if I had a house. I would feel better if I had a better paying job. I would feel better if I got an A on my test. I would feel better if da 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 da. As well as asking for forgiveness, it is really, really hard for us as humans to forgive others, particularly if we feel justified in why we are holding on to hurt might not even be something big. It might be something small, like someone saying something to you that hurt you 17 years ago. And you have been holding on to that for years and years and years, letting that brew without giving it over to God. We can get physically sick from holding on to these things and not admitting that we need forgiveness or that we need to forgive someone for something that they've done to us many years ago. We can hold on to these things until we become so sick that we just ask for healing because healing is so much easier to ask for than forgiveness. And to be totally honest, if you had come up to me and said, well, this person said X to me 17 years ago and it really hurt me and so I've been holding it on and I've not spoken to them since. I'd probably get mad on your behalf and go, yes, you are completely just in thinking that because I'm human and I can empathise with your situation. But God can see our hearts and our minds and he can see how it's absolutely destroying us inside, holding on to this hurt for 17 years or however long that we've been holding on to it, that he can see how sick we are getting holding on to this. My daughter Millie is two. Now, when she is very upset, she will throw a tantrum. This is completely normal for a two-year-old, but it does look very dramatic. So she will yell, she'll throw her head back, she'll throw herself on the floor, she'll roll around, she'll scream. And if she's really, really hurt that day, she'll have all these crocodile tears and she'll snot smear it across her face. It's disgusting, but it's very dramatic. We don't do that as adults. I hope we don't do this as adults. 
But we do something similar where we just hold it all inside. We might um, feel like we're internally screaming or we feel like we are clenching our hands, we're clenching our teeth, we might even be holding our breath. And doing this over and over and over again is what makes us sick. It would be so much easier for the friends to dig a hole through the roof than to go up to Jesus and ask to be be forgiven. Because asking is really hard. But Jesus knew their hearts, he knew their faith, and he knew exactly what needed to be done. And he forgave the paralyzed man's sins without him even asking. And that, friends, is grace. So there might be something that you need to say to God today. Is there something that you've been holding on to for some time now that you need to give over to God? Or maybe there is someone that you need to forgive in your heart today. We're going to pray, but we're going to do this prayer a little bit differently. I've got Glennis and Millie um, with some Play-Doh. So they're going to go around today and give everyone a little bag of Play-Doh. And we're going to do our prayers through Play-Doh today. So... If Glennis and Millie could come along and give out some Play-Doh. And today with our Play-Doh, we're just going to take it out of our bags, feel it in our fingers for a little bit while everybody else is getting their Play-Doh. And we're going to think about something that we might need forgiven for or someone that we need to forgive today. And as we're playing with our little piece of Play-Doh and we're thinking about this person or we're thinking about what we need forgiveness for, We're going to mould it into the shape of a heart. Can't do that with one hand. (laughs) So um, hopefully you'll have more luck with two hands doing that. So while we're thinking about um, all this, we're going to pray in our heads and mould our Play-Doh into a shape of, of a heart. And then I'll close us off as well. So while that's happening, I might invite the band or some of the band up to just play a little bit while we're um, thinking about forgiveness. Everyone got a bag of Play-Doh? Yep. 
your hand up if you don't, if you don't have any Play-Doh. Excellent. Heavenly Father, you know all of us here. You know what's on our hearts and you know what's on our minds and you know what we have been praying for while we've been playing with our Play-Doh. Thank you for being such a good God that you can forgive us for our sins. You, for, you can forgive us when we need it and you can help us to forgive others when we've been holding on to that hurt for so many years or for so long. We pray all of this in your precious name. Amen.